If you're a mom of young children looking for connection in motherhood with some parenting and sleep expertise sprinkled in, you are in the right place. I'm Erin, a former early childhood teacher. And I'm Andrea, a registered nurse in the NICU. We are sleep coach besties, business owners, moms, avid coffee drinkers, and your Coffee and Catnaps podcast hosts. We're here to bring you the latest and greatest in sleep research, evidence-based practices, and tips when it comes to navigating your child's sleep, all things motherhood, our favorite products and services, and live sleep coaching. So warm up your coffee, again, pop in your AirPods, strap on that baby, or put them down for their nap, and tune in. Hello everyone, Andrea here from Coffee and Catnaps. I am so excited to be here. I'm also the owner of Sleeping Beauties. It's been a while. So one of the biggest things that I'm super excited about is season three. Season three is starting and one of the cool things about season three is it go- it's going to just be unedited, super transparent, vulnerable, chatting, sleep education. So that is the goal for for season three you'll get me you may get Aaron you may get both of us um but one of the biggest things is we're going to definitely be educating you all about sleep because one thing that I learned um from Instagram is that people some people prefer to listen to podcasts um, and get their education that way and some people prefer to read blogs so I hope to bring both and I asked Instagram what people are looking for the most. And one of the things that kept coming up is in regards to short naps. How do we extend naps? When do I know when to put my child down for a nap? Um, Was the biggest part. And we all know napping is so, so important because daytime sleep affects nighttime sleep. Nighttime sleep affects daytime sleep. So we definitely want to get those naps going and definitely consolidate because that way if the naps consolidate, nights are better. When nights are good, naps are better. So let's dive right in. We're going to chat about short naps and basically how to extend those um, and how to get how to get better naps. One of the biggest questions that I always always get when I do a Q and A is how to help my baby take better naps because us as mamas we also always know that when our child when our child naps we definitely want them want them to nap because that is the time that we get to either hang out, read a book, watch Netflix, take a nap, do some things around the house. Hopefully, hopefully you take a nap before doing any of that. Showering, I had a client who said, "I got to shower." And it's the little things that in life like being able to shower, having a full shower instead of um, your baby being put down your, or putting your baby down for a nap and waking up in five, 10 minutes. So that is really exciting. We know that naps are incredibly important, part of our baby's development and their growing ba- brain. But sometimes no matter what we do, your baby just wants to take their tiny little cat nap. So when we have a child who takes these short naps, it also affects that nighttime sleep. So then you have this like 24 cycle, um, 24 hour cycle of just poor night sleep, followed by day, day, a day full of like choppy sleep. It's very difficult to put an already tired baby down for a nap and expect them to sleep for two hours. So sometimes you may kind of feel like frustrated, especially 
if it took your baby some time to fall asleep in the first place, or maybe you're feeling overwhelmed um, as to what age-appropriate wake times you're aiming for. So the biggest thing that I don't want you to do is quickly go onto Google and be like, when should my baby nap? Because that's one of the biggest things too. Google is a is a big place and it can be quite overwhelming. So we're gonna we're gonna chat about this. You're definitely not alone if you have Googled how can I help my baby nap longer? Um, because I was there too. I remember with my first baby and my first son, he is now seven turning eight. I used to lay him down for a nap and it felt that by the time I decided if I was going to like sleep or shower or I was going to eat breakfast, um, he was awake. So that was like my biggest thing. Teaching your baby to learn to love nap time longer than 45 minutes can sometimes be challenging, but I want you to know it's definitely doable and a lot easier than you may think. So before we dive into the how to get your baby to nap longer, let's actually chat about the science of infant sleep. So we want to look at the science of infant sleep. And when a baby who is born term is between zero to 16 weeks of age, that sleep regulation system is still underdeveloped. They have that underdeveloped circadian rhythm. That newborn sleep is very erratic. So that's kind of why some newborns can sleep anywhere um, between like 20-ish minutes. Uh, and sometimes they sleep for a couple hours. So there's really no consistency and definitely there's no set schedule. So like I said, that nap time, that nap length varies. Um, and this is very, very normal for that newborn sleep. At around four months of age, what ends up happening is your baby starts to learn to consolidate their sleep cycles and wakefulness periods, which is why we see that four-month sleep regression, but it's actually a progression in their brain development. It's this permanent change in their brain development. At about that five-month mark, most infant sleep cycles are around 45 to 15 minutes long. Um, so that's kind of why it's so important for us to get at least that 15 minutes. We really, really try to shoot for 60-minute naps because we know they are the most restorative um, for that first and second nap. That third, so that first nap is a mentally restorative nap. Second is a physically restorative nap. And if your baby is on three or four naps, those ones are more just bridges to get you from like the last nap to bedtime. So the biggest thing for that, so basically we want baby to sleep for at least kind of that 60 minute mark. Um, but don't stress it if they're not getting that full sleep cycle in right now. But we want to really be consistent. So if they aren't consistently hitting kind of that 60 minute mark, and they're more sitting around that 30 to 40 minute mark, then you want to implement some strategies to help you get them there. So the importance of solid naps. If you're listening, you obviously know um, when your baby does not have a proper nap. So they become overtired, they're more fussy, um, and just tired, like more fussy, and just in general, they're not as happy. Um, the biggest way to recharge the like your child is for them to obviously get sleep. So if they aren't napping for that adequate amount of time, they have a harder time like focusing absorbing new information, dealing with that external environment, they're highly sensitive and struggle with settling for their next nap or at bedtime. So poor napping is actually one of the main causes of those night wakings and early morning wakings. Um, like I mentioned, when we I work with clients, we always strive for a nap for at least an hour because during this long restorative nap, wonderful things are happening with your little human's brains, um, the brain connection. So 
What's end up, what's happening is there's growth in tissue repair, sensory development, memory and learning, emotional regulation, energy is restored, um, cortisol, so like stress levels decrease, regulates their appetite, strengthens their immune system, new developmental skills are being processed. We know why babies should take longer naps, but now the most important part that you've been waiting for, the how. How do I get my baby to take longer naps. So sometimes it's just a, a simple a simple fix and you're probably rolling your eyes at me saying that, but honestly, sometimes assessing the reasons why they may only be sleeping for one sleep cycle um, or less is all you kind of really need to do. So I'm going to be chatting kind of about some of the reasons why your baby may be taking these short naps and I want you to think about your child and say like, yeah, that is, that is us. We need to do something about it. Or no, they don't fit in that. Like, let's see what the next thing is. So things we're going to chat about is um, making sure your baby's not overtired or undertired, where you want that like sweet, sleepy spot right in the middle. So with that, we're also really, really looking at wake windows. And so we're going to chat about wake windows as well. The second one that we want to assess is if they're relying on some sort of sleep association to connect their sleep cycle. So we know all babies kind of go into like this deep sleep, they come up and all babies wake up after that sleep cycle. But the biggest thing with that wake up is we want them to just kind of roll over and go back to sleep with no kind of external um, kind of intervention or like, for instance, you having to go in there and put a sucky in their mouth or being fed, for instance, if that's no longer serving you. Um, basically, we want them to take control of kind of like their sleep as well and definitely support them to, to be able to do that as well. So that way, when they do wake up from that sleep cycle, they're able to connect it and just kind of roll over and go back to sleep. The third thing we're going to look at is sleep environment. So we really want to make sure that we have that quality sleep environment. And sometimes the sleep environment isn't quite right. So we definitely want to take a look at the sleep environment to make sure that kind of everything checks boxes and that's not an issue as to why babies aren't napping longer. And the, the fourth one is that their sleep cycle connection is being interrupted too soon. So first, let's talk about overtired or undertired. So I'm sure everyone has heard it. Um, my mom, bless her soul, love my mom, but she always will tell me things like, well, if you just kind of like, they'll tire themselves out and they'll sleep better or put them to bed later and they, and they should sleep in. Um, like that's what I did with you guys and it may have worked for her and that's good. But sometimes kids, they, when they go to bed overtired, it actually leads to more night wakings um, or early morning wakings. So we really always want to watch that overtired, uh, overtiredness. But the thing is too, what ends up happening when a baby kind of stays awake for too long, that we miss that moment of that melatonin production. So melatonin production starts to naturally happen around that six, seven o'clock mark uh, in the evening. And we need it for, and how we get that too, is we need darkness for this to occur. So with darkness, it sends to uh, it sends a signal to like it, well if your eyeballs are closed the darkness sends a signal to your brain your brain says hey produce that melatonin it is time for sleep that's a that's a simple way of putting it um, but the thing is when we stay awake too long what ends up happening is our body kind of goes into this fight or flight stance so a stress hormone is released called cortisol which actually makes your child more wired and unable 
to settle. So this leads to like later nap time, a restless nap, which then usually leads to a short nap. Um, it also kind of leads to, uh, for instance, if your baby goes to bed overtired, it leads to the same thing. Sometimes what ends up happening too is your baby may crash to sleep. So all of a sudden they like sleep within five, 10 minutes and they're falling asleep, but then they only sleep for one wake uh, or one cycle of sleep and then they're up or sometimes they're up for like a long period in the middle of the night. So the biggest things is we really want to pay attention to those uh, those sleepy cues. Some sleepy cues can include things like rubbing their eyes, red rimmed eyes, rubbing or pulling at ears, rubbing, scratching their nose, their face, um, into objects such as your shoulder, blankets, yawning, arching their back. Um, can you relate? Can you like, oh yep, my kid, my kid does that. Um, they are like, when they, we start to kind of see this kind of stuff, they're ready for sleep and we want to get them down for a nap before that overtiredness hits just to avoid that struggle. Along with sleepy cues, we're actually wanting to be aware of baby's age appropriate wake times. So on my website, I have an amazing master sleep chart that kind of goes over from like one month to two and a half years, every single month in regards to how long your baby can be awake for before they should be sleeping again. It talks about like on average, the amount of naps, the amount of daytime sleep, because like I said, if they're getting too much daytime sleep, that will steal from nighttime sleep. Um, and then also to kind of that 24 hour period. Keep in mind that these are averages. Some kids can like push their wake windows and be up a little bit longer. Some kids can barely kind of make the wake window that that is uh, recommended for them. So keep that in mind. It's always plus or minus 30 minutes on either side. So if the wake window chart says your child should go to sleep, be sleeping at that two and a half mark, and you're just like, they cannot do it right now, um, then try two hours and 15 or even two hours, kind of go from there. But sometimes kids will go down at two and a half and they're actually not quite ready for sleep yet. So they actually need to be pushed to that three hour mark. You'll sometimes find too that when they're like newly five months or newly six months, like right at that mark, that they're kind of going back and forth between like a five month wake window and a six month wake window. So keep that in mind. What exactly are wake windows? They are defined as the amount of time your baby spends awake in between sleep periods. So simply put, it's all the other times they're eating and playing and not sleeping. And why are these important? So we're really trying to get that sweet sleep tired window um, for your baby to avoid putting them down to sleep under or overtired. So undertired babies and overtired babies tend to protest naps and or bedtime, which leads to like a, a sleep struggle. So then this leads to those short naps, those frequent night wakings or those early morning wakings. So there's such a fine line between that undertired and overtired, like undertired, tired and overtired sign. But babies are actually pretty good at communicating these things. So we just kind of need to be watching them and also being aware of the clock. For newborns, so zero to three months, we want to be watching and acting on those sleepy tired cues that we talked about with also being aware of wait times. But for babies four months and older, this is where it becomes that balance between watching the clock time and their sleepy cues to determine when it's the appropriate time to put them into their bed and fall asleep with ease. So newborns, we for sure go off wake times and sleepy cues. Four plus months, we're really trying to push to kind of get more on a clock time schedule. By eight months or when your child is on a two, a two nap schedule, you for sure are going off that clock schedule. 
Honestly, it makes your life so much easier when you just like know, hey, my child goes down around 9.30 a.m. and 1.30, 2 o'clock p.m. and sleeps for X amount of hours. That is glorious versus continuing to be like, okay, my child woke up at this time, their wake window is this, and that means they need to go down for a nap at this time. But if they only sleep for this time, then they have to go down at this time. You are doing math all day. And I don't know about you, but math is my least favorite subject. So if I can simplify things, if your child is four plus, four plus months old, you are aware of wake windows, but you're starting to push more to a clock schedule. We really want to go kind of by times of day because at this point, they're used to kind of daytime and nighttime. There's no day-night confusion. Um, they are more regulated in kind of that times of day. So just kind of like us, we eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner around the same time. Babies are the same. So we really want to kind of work on that biological drive when that biological drive to sleep is the strongest and that 24-hour body clock. So that circadian rhythm and get, get them on that schedule of like a 9, 10 a.m. Uh, nap, 1.32 p.m. nap. And then if they're on the Three, if they're on three naps, then they go down for like a little cat nap around 3.30, 4 o'clock. They're up around 4.30 p.m., uh, 5 the latest, and then they're down to bed around 7. So that's kind of the ideal schedule that you're shooting for. It takes time, but honestly, with consistency and continuing to put your child down around that time, you have, sometimes you have some bumps in the road, um, some days that are a little bit tougher than the others. Uh, but if you're just with consistent and sticking to that plan and putting them down around that clock time, it makes your life way better. Wake times are amazing to use kind of to, to figure out when your baby should be going to bed. So if their wake time is roughly three hours, um, they woke up at 4 p.m. from their last nap, then we're in bed sleeping at that 7 p.m. mark. So three three hours from the time they woke up. Here's kind of what you're looking for in regards to undertired, tired, and overtired. So an undertired baby is not quite tired enough to go to sleep. So they'll resist settling. So they protest that nap, their bedtime. Toddlers will play or get out of bed constantly. You'll have those short naps and early morning wakings. Um, wakes in the night and wants to stay up for hours. Baby may need some more stimulation activity during the day, or they simply are at an age where they can now stay up longer between sleep periods. So you may start to need to adjust that wake window. The tired and like the sleepy, this is where you want your baby in bed. So before they get to that overtired mark. So it should be around kind of like that age appropriate wake time, which like I said, you can download that master sleep chart on my website. Um, kind of that tired sign you'll see that they have like blank or distant stares, uh, reduced activity, smiling and talking. They become quite cuddly, uh, yawning, pulling at ears. And when you've hit that overtired, you will know there's that hard crying. So we know they aren't hungry. We know they're fed, loved and changed, but they are crying hard. And this is where you hit that overtiredness. They're very hard to settle at this point. They Some babies have like clenched fists, fists. Some have the back arching. They refuse to feed. They're hyperactive. Um, there's tantrums in toddlers. They usually wake after that one sleep cycle. So remember kind of after that 30, 45 minutes, uh, you get that one sleep cycle and then they're up and there's frequent night wakings and early morning wakings. The best thing to do for this is keeping like a nap journal. So you'll start to see patterns emerge where you'll see like your child's sleepy cues just prior to their wake time ending. 
with time and consistency, you'll get on that predictable sleep schedule will start to emerge. So sticking to this routine will set your baby up for nap success and they'll learn when nap time is coming. And it, like I said, it will make your life so much easier. With newborns, so less than three months of age, um, you want to follow the eat, play, sleep routine. So following this pattern kind of throughout your baby's day will support that quality sleep. Upon waking from the night or from a nap, you offer that full feeding. After the feed, you burp the baby, maybe do a few minutes of tummy time on the floor. If your baby is awake enough and engaged, you can do some play. At the newborn stage, it's just basically kind of staring into their eyes um, and talking to them. But before you know it, they'll start to kind of stare off in the distance. Their eyebrows may get red. These are the first signs that they're tired. So if you see a yawn, it's, it's time for a nap. So nap time routine, and you guessed it, you put them down for the nap. And this can feel sometimes like a vicious cycle, but really working on it and establishing those early kind of sleep habits from the beginning will help you in the long run for when they do get to those three consistent naps and those two consistent naps and eventually one and zero. So stick with it. You have totally got this. Another reason why you may be facing a child that's has short naps is relying on a sleep association. So helping your baby learn to settle on their own without relying heavily on any kind of parent controlled sleep association. So feeding, rocking, or placing their soother back in their mouth when they lose it is crucial. So um, if they learn to fall asleep kind of on their own, they're much more likely to settle on their own when they come out of that first sleep cycle and go back to sleep. So they're be predictable and consistent. So set a nap time routine. That's just a smaller version of your bedtime routine to help your baby know when sleep is coming. This will help them realize it's time for sleep and not time for play. So one that is sometimes difficult is making sure to put your baby down when they're kind of, they're still awake, right? So we don't want them super drowsy. You always hear drowsy, but awake. The biggest thing with that is we want them in a calmer state, but we don't actually want them to already start that sleep cycle because sometimes when they start that sleep cycle, as soon as you put them in their crib, then they wake up and they're ready to go. So simply means calm and ready to drift off to sleep, but not actually sleeping. That uh, other thing that you want to kind of look at, so the third thing, is the sleep environment may not quite be right. Um, dark, dark, dark. That is what you're shooting for. You're shooting for the room to be super dark where when you put your hand up in front of your face, you can barely make out your hand. So this is sometimes hard to achieve when the sun is shining. So spring is coming, which is really exciting. Um, but you want to install some blackout blinds and you want to like turn all the lights off and look around and see what your baby can see. If there's lights kind of coming through the sides or the bottom, the top, anything like that, um, you want to tackle that. So you can be super efficient and install blackout thermal blinds that also reflect heat and light of the room during the summer months um, and create during create a barrier during the winter so that the heat doesn't escape when the blinds are cold or closed. Sorry. What you can also look at, which I love, is the sleep out curtain. So they're portable curtains. They create a blackout space wherever you go, but they also came out with sleep out home. And with sleep out home, they're actually curtains that you can install. So I would really consider looking at that, darkening the room and keeping the room at an appropriate temp temperature that's conducive to sleep, winning. Uh, if blackout blinds aren't in the budget, no worries. I get it. Tin foil, black construction paper, anything like that just to darken that room. So I always say it does not need to look pretty. It just needs to work. Another thing you want to add to your child's nursery is a white noise machine. So you're shooting for that continuous boring 
white noise um, that you can kind of replace with like a fan if you if you were traveling or anywhere like that. Um, studies do show that babies fall asleep faster, helping them connect those sleep cycles more quickly and continue their sleep. So it's a great way to block out household noise as well, um, or the noisy cars kind of racing up and down your street. The fourth is the sleep cycle connection is being interrupted too soon. This strategy is so, so simple, but one of us, um, as parents, sometimes we forget this. So when you hear a baby start to think, start to stir and you think, oh gosh, there we go again, 30 minutes, nap is over. Don't jump up right away and take them out of their crib. What you do, um, what I want you to do is when you hear them cry and they haven't been sleeping for that full sleep cycle yet, do nothing. Easy peasy, right? You just kind of hang out for a bit, give them a minute. Um, with my first son, I wasn't a certified sleep consultant yet. And I wish I knew this information because I was definitely that mom. And I don't know if I was just more annoyed or I just like didn't want to hear him cry. Um, but I was definitely the mom who jumped up as soon as, as soon as I heard him. And I heard him make noise. I assumed he was done. So I took him out of his crib. Instead, what I should have done is pause for a couple minutes to see if he would settle out and go back to sleep. Now, then when I had my second child, he was my best sleeper, um, and then my third, but I remember the thing with him is I took longer to, to get to them, and the reason for that is because I had one and two other kids at the time, so I remember, like, I vividly remember kind of my middle guy waking up from a nap, and I was cleaning my oldest son's hands following, following a snack. So I was like, oh my goodness, we got to like wash your hands after the snack because um, I got to go get your brother. And while I was washing his hands, drying his hands, and then started walking up the stairs, guess what? He fell back asleep and slept for another hour. I remember him doing that. And I didn't let him cry it out. I simply just let him connect these sleep cycles. He was complaining, but he definitely wasn't scream crying or he wasn't angry or anything like that. So if I would have rushed to him like right away, his nap would have been cut an hour short, an hour too soon because I intervened. So just wait, set a fixed nap time goal and aim for that. So let your child spend some time in their crib, especially if they're just babbling um, or making noise or grunting or anything like that, uh, just to kind of help them love their sleep space and settle back to sleep. So if your baby is waking kind of at that 20 minute mark, you make the goal time a little bit after that and every day you can extend that nap goal. So slowly your child's 20 minute naps will be extended to that full sleep cycle and then they will surprise you and sleep longer. So you have got this. So watch your baby's sleep cues and wake windows, ditch those sleep props, help them learn to settle independently, set up baby's sleep space for nap success, create a nap goal to help your baby learn to sleep longer. Be patient and be consistent. One of my favorite quotes um, from Dr. Weissbluff Bluth can never pronounce his name, but he's a pediatrician and well-educated. So he, in his book, he, he wrote, it takes time for your child to develop the strength, coordination, balance, and confidence needed to learn to walk in the same way. It takes time for your baby to develop the night sleep consolidation, regular and long naps and self-soothing skills necessary to learn to sleep well. So keep that in mind. You've got this. If you need any support along the way, I am here for you. Um, I've helped so many families with the nap with the nap struggle um, and getting their child to sleep more. So reach out, Sleeping Beauties on Instagram, or you can email me, Andrea at sleepingbeauties.com. Take care.
You made it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Coffee and Catnaps Parenting Podcast. Now make sure you join our online Facebook community called Motherhood Support Fueled by Coffee and Catnaps, where we chat all things motherhood and sleep and run live sleep coaching. And then head over to Apple Podcasts and leave our show some love. A five-star rating and an amazing review would mean the world to us and all the other tired parents out there who may benefit from also hearing our show. See See you in in the the group. group.